Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Tim Petropolis, here with one of the two twins that doesn't have COVID right now, <laughs> Michael True. Michael Petrop. What's it good, Michael? What's up, Tim? Jason is not on the podcast, and I've noticed in podcasts when the hosts have COVID, um, not many people are there. They try and keep it secret. We're not keeping it secret here. Jason has COVID. So uh, at uh, Brodo jason on twitter uh go go send them some uh some well wishes the man is living uh with his girlfriend who also has covid in one room um and he's eating only things that don't need to be refrigerated or cooked so uh that's the life jason's living right now what- yeah uh some muscle cramps uh muscle aches i mean and a headache but those are about the extent of the symptoms he's felt thus far yeah, so hopefully he uh, gets over that soon. Um, but until then, it's going to be me and Michael coming at you. Uh, today is a very important day. A wise man w- once told me, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Michael, do you know who that wise man was? I'm going to go with Frank. No, I don't know who Frank <laughs> is. Uh, That's but a point, Tim. Dennis Petropoulos was... Uh, was that wise man, our Faja, uh, the man who gave us birth. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go over our home league draft, the draft that, yes, we talk about all the freaking time. And we're going to look back at our draft hits, our draft misses, and what we're going to do to avoid the same mistakes next year. Without any further ado, let's learn from our mistakes. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. So we are going to look back, but before we do that, let's look forward. Uh, We have two episodes that drop every week. If you're asking yourself, Why don't I see them on my feed? What is wrong with my feed? There's nothing wrong with your feed. It's because you are not joined on Patreon.com, patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy, to get an extra episode and tons, tons more. Uh, Go check out our rankings. I mean, I'm sorry. Go check out our tiers of membership for as little as $3 a month. You can get an extra episode and tons, tons more. Uh, We also want to remind you that PartyBelts.com is the place to go if you have won a championship and you are still looking for a belt to call your own it is completely customizable and it has some beer holders it is one size fits all uh get this thing so you could serve your friends while serving your friends um put in the promo code brodo at the end that's b-r-o-t-o and get 15 percent off michael why don't you tell us about thrive fantasy and how they could still play fantasy yeah, Thrive Fantasy, alive and well still into the playoffs and basketball and baseball when the time comes. So you can play at any time. You go to ThriveFantasy.com or download the Thrive Fantasy app. Put in code BROTO20, that's B-R-O-T-O, to zero, and you will get a deposit match starting from 20 bucks up to $50 um, of free money to use on the site. You could win prizes with it. It's uh, prop-style DFS where you, uh, where you choose, like, passing yards over under rushing yards over under things of that sort get the get the most points and win some cash money it's very simple no uh convoluted uh salary cap where you lose to a super smart 
um, what is it, Tim? Why am I blanking Al- on the algorithm? Word? Algorithm. Yeah, some super smart algorithm that someone uh, used 150 lineups to put in for. Bro, I'm so. gonna I'm gonna make myself my new my new DraftKings name is gonna be Algorithm. <laughs> you got good rhythm. So Al- everyone, so everyone, so everyone's scared. Um, yeah. So Thrive Fantasy. Did you tell them the promo code? Yes, B R O T O two zero Broto twenty. Even though it's 2021 now, we're probably gonna have to change that promo code soon. We're gonna call our guys over at Thrive Fantasy and make that happen. Um, don't forget Shout to don't forget to check out BrotoFantasy.com. Um, where everything Brodo lives. Um, that includes the off-season articles. Uh, Santiago Casanova, um, our statistician, uh, the newest member of the Brodo family. Shout out to Santiago. Um, he is going to be a key member of everything we're doing in Brodo. Lots of stuff coming for you in the 2021 season. We have a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. So thank you so much for supporting us already if you want to continue to support us again go to brotofantasy.com and why not leave us a review on apple Podcasts uh, because those help get us seen as well um but without further ado or do you want to do more it's up to you mike I'm, I'm good with the ado a sequence of ados or or no no more ados no more ados no more ados okay so no more ados no further ados uh we're gonna get into this so for those of you guys who who don't listen regularly to the podcast, um, then you don't know that we talk about our home league. Uh, and again, we, we refer to this as our quote-unquote home league because it is the league we care about the most. Everybody who plays fantasy, whether you have one team or you have 27 teams, always cares about one team more than they care about the others. And this is the league where we really put our 100% total effort in. And we're going to review the draft and see what we did wrong, what we could get better, what we did right. Um, so let's get into it, Michael. I had the fourth pick in this draft. Michael, you were at the turn with 12. This is a 12-team yep. draft, half PPR. Just to give you a little background on this league, um, extremely knowledgeable players. Uh, the reason why it is so extremely knowledgeable is because we've been playing since 2001. That's right. This year is going to be the 20th anniversary of the quote-unquote I live for this league. In fact, in its infancy, I just turned 32, so I was 12 when I first created this league. Um, in its infancy, uh, we also played baseball, we also played basketball, and there was this one year where a friend of mine, his name is Sal, who still plays in the league, um, and another friend of mine, Jason, who still plays in the league, um, they traded, which doesn't seem like a big deal, but they traded Ichiro Suzuki, 2001 MVP, for Sean Alexander, 2001 fantasy MVP. Um, those guys don't play the same sport. <laughs> Tremendous. Yes. Tremendous. <laughs> so we go back enough to, uh, to have worked out all the glitches of what goes into a fantasy league. So this is going to be the 20th year of this fantasy league. Um yeah, so Michael, you guys, you want to get started on uh, this? How many how many championships do I have in this league? I think I have four. I definitely have three, but I think I had one early, early on. I think four. Yeah, one of my one of the toughest things in my life is, despite all of my fantasy football success um, in plenty of other leagues, I am yet to win in this league. My brothers call me the Oklahoma city thunder <laughs> because back when they had James Harden and company, they would lose in the semifinals every year. 
I'm in the playoffs. I think I missed the playoffs once in the past like eight or nine years, and I still have not won. Uh, I always end up losing in the semifinals somehow or the quarterfinals. And I think it's, it's, you, it's always the most heartbreaking too. Like a couple of years ago, Michael, you ran the league. Like you ran, we were like nine and one. You had the most points by like two hundred. And then you yeah, lost twelve and one. And then you just like what your team just shit the bed one week, and it happened to be the semifinals. And then and then. Uh, this year, you built a team from from nothing. You were injury ravaged. You built a team from nothing, and then you get upset in the semifinals again. Yep. This is this is the the life of Michael. But um, neither of us won the championship the in this league this year. Although we both did make the playoffs. Um, actually, Michael, did I lose to you? No, I lost to Johnny. Um, so. Let's get started on this draft to see where we went wrong. Again, I have the number four pick. Michael is the number 12 pick. This is a a uh, snake draft. So number one overall in this league went to a Giants fan. Um, I don't think he's listening right now, but this guy is probably going to get kicked out of the league because I've gotten a lot of... Uh, I've gotten a lot of requests to kick this guy out of the league in the last few months. Uh, he has ended in the last place, 10th, 11th, or 12th, probably each of the last... like five years yeah uh and we there was another guy that did that that left the league this year and actually his replacement played in the championship so he's the one who beat me in the semis that's another reason why this league stays so fresh because everyone takes it very seriously so when you're not if you're not like making trades if you're not active if you're not spending your fab if you're not paying attention at all you get you know kicked out real quick for someone who's going to uh appreciate the spot it's it's pretty funny we kind of have minor leagues too it's a this is a high, a high <laughs> highly uh, wanted league. But then again, let, let's get into it. So Saquon Barkley went with the number one pick to a Giants fan, which left Christian McCaffrey, which we were very angry about, to Jason, and then Ezekiel Elliott went with the third pick. So so Barkley, McCaffrey, Zeke. Um, I'm sure if those guys had to do it again in hindsight, they would pick Kamara here. But at the same time, if so, in hindsight, twenty twenty, all three of those guys were hurt by injuries. Whether it's Barkley and McCaffrey who yeah. actually got injured, or Ezekiel Elliott who was injured by the injury to Dak Prescott, um, and his injuries himself too. Let's not forget that. If you were drafting again, Michael, and I know hindsight is here, but if if you were drafting again, you know how good Alvin Kamara was this year, but. You had to play the year over again where it's another random string of events. Right? We're, just imagine we're in 2020. Would you still keep it this, the top three the same? Or would you have done something different? I mean, knowing what happened this year with these guys, just assume that you can't, like, assume Dak Prescott gets injured or You can't assume any injuries. Like, it's a, imagine it's an alternate universe. I mean, I would have... I had McCaffrey... Um, and Barkley for a second, and then Zeke Kamara, I think. So I probably would have just kept it in that order. I don't right, think so there's any reason to change it so you at can't, this point. I mean, in 2021, I'm going to have Kamara higher than Zeke because we saw Zeke is 1,000% dependent on Dak Prescott at this point. The dude blew. Ah, when, uh, I would Dak say, let's not forget, Dak Prescott also got hurt, and then their offensive linemen started dropping like flies too. So I mean, he was, he just he wasn't very good though. He wasn't. All right, so my first pick was Alvin Kamara, obviously a home run, um, something that led me to leading the league in points. Um, 
I ended up leading the obviously now I, I kind of gave away the punchline. <laughs> I ended up leaving the league with leading the league in points on the back of Alvin Kamara. So obviously I would keep that. Next goes Dalvin Cook, another great pick. Number six goes Michael Thomas. I bet uh that would be definitely changed if they can go back in hindsight. Number oh, yeah. seven, Derrick Henry. Number eight, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Number nine, Tyreek Hill. Number ten, Patrick Mahomes. And the craziest part about this is the guy who picked Patrick Mahomes, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, what a loser. He picked a quarterback in the first round. He won the championship. Okay, so uh, he he made up for it, and you're going to see a lot of the reason is because he picked up James and Robinson. shockingly, he was also the only person to go like full zero RB type drafting. Eh, type. We'll get to it. Um, and then Miles Sanders went 11, which leaves Michael here at the turn. So, Michael, explain to us your thinking here, where you went right, where you went wrong, and maybe what you would have did differently. Yeah, my plan was to go Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler here. Uh, Kenyon Drake was the backup plan. I ended up taking Kenyon Drake here. Kenyon Drake's an interesting case study, I suppose, in the fantasy football world because he was seen as like a bust, but... I mean, I'm not considering him a bust. He had 1,200 yards and uh, six touchdowns on the season. So it's not like the dude was pure trash. Um, He just wasn't nearly as good as you wanted him to be this season, which which sucks. He wasn't the guy that you drafted to continue what he was doing last year. If that makes any sense. Exactly. Like you expected the pass catching. I'm sorry. I said 1,200 yards. He had... um, a thousand yards or just under it. Um, nine hundred fifty-five rushing and then one hundred thirty-seven receiving. That one thirty-seven receiving, you wanted to be more like his twenty eighteen Miami days. He caught fifty balls, four hundred seventy-seven yards and five touchdowns. He had thirty-five receptions with Arizona last year in eight games. That's a seventy reception pace, and that completely faltered this year. It was not even close to the same thing. Uh, Chase Edmonds bit into the workload a lot. Um, clearly, he ended up not being worth a first-round pick. But, I mean, he was at least a RB2 most weeks throughout the season and had a few boom weeks as well. So I don't think he was a complete bust, but certainly not what you're expecting out of a first-rounder. And then Austin Eckler, I, I wouldn't even change this, really. I mean, this one was based on injury, unfortunately. Um, he got hurt and then ended up missing a decent proportion of the game but he did exactly what like i expected him to do when healthy he ended up playing in 10 games and ended with 933 total yards i mean that's 93 yards a game um what, he, he what was the man really he was the man when he was there i mean he's nice he had three touchdowns only in those 10 games so let me tell you with justin herbert going into his sophomore year i'm going to be all over Eckler at ADP because right now it's looking like he's going mid to late second, which, oh. especially in PPR leagues. I'm going to eat that up. Give me all that Eckler. So yeah, a little, a little bit of a baby. not bad luck, I guess, at the turn. Just well, bad luck with the Eckler injury and then Drake not being who you wanted. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I would, I would take back the Drake pick. I'd probably still keep the Eckler one. If you had to do it again. I think that the two picks here would be obvious. I mean, I'd go Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey. Boom. I mean, I think those are the two obvious picks here. Uh, at and leave turn. it to 
to me, who is a zero RB guy, to go two RBs early when I could have taken. I was gonna say Adam Michael from Kelsey, who I had like <laughs> next in my rankings. It's I was gonna say Michael. This is all. This was uh, karma coming back to get you because you get you turned your back on your zero RB nature, and yeah. you and you turned your back on it. Um, next one, Julio Jones with the second pick, and then probably one of the better picks in the draft. The guy who won the championship again. This is how you win the championship if you if you draft a first round quarterback, you have to draft a stud in the second round. You have to. And he absolutely did with Devontae Adams. Um Chris Godwin came next, followed by Travis Kelsey, um, who ended up being the biggest positional mismatch of them all. Nick Chubb goes with the sixth pick, Joe Mixon with the seventh, Aaron Jones with the eighth, bringing me me up at ninth here. So I was watching this draft unfold, and the whole time I was praying and hoping for Josh Jacobs, and I was like, oh my God, please fall, please fall, please fall, and then the guy before me took Aaron Jones, and I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Little did I know that I was like actually going to be a, no, no, I would so much rather have Aaron Jones. Um, yeah. I think Josh Jacobs did not have the season that I was expecting. But with that being said, if you look at the if the picks that followed, DeAndre Hopkins, yes, he was better, but I would not have taken DeAndre Hopkins regardless for two reasons. Number one, I was lower on DeAndre Hopkins coming into the season. Um, I don't know why that is the case. Um, I guess I was just uh, you know jaded by OBJ the year before. Um, so I wasn't going to take, and, and on top, OB-jated. I was OB jaded. And on top of that, I wasn't going to take a receiver until probably the fourth round at the, at the latest, because the receivers were so valuable and they had so much value. There was the receivers were so deep, um, that I wasn't going to go for a wide receiver. And then George Kittle probably would have taken, if not him, he gets injured. James Connor, OBJ goes next. Kenny Galladay, and then Mark Ingram. So that's what's going on in this in this draft here. That I I'm not really mad because out of that out of that pick of the litter, um, I would have taken Josh Jacobs. If I had to that do Mark- it again, I probably would have taken Adam Thielen over him, Chris Carson over him, uh, Allen Robinson over him, AJ Brown over him, Calvin Ridley over him. There's a bunch of guys to take, but in this section, that's where I would go. I absolutely mocked the guy who took Mark Ingram third pick in the third round. He's one of the lesser talented fantasy you say, minds in our league, but happens that. to get in the playoffs almost every year. Yeah, you you hate. Well, them. I mean, this year he started like four and one. I started one and three. I was like, dude, your team is trash. It's mine is way better than yours. He missed the playoffs and I made it. Do you know? So. Do you know what his? Uh, he is a gambling expert. Like he's good at picking over unders. He's good at picking games. Um, but that, and that translates to fantasy, even though you don't, even though he doesn't, he doesn't do fantasy like you do, Michael. Anyway, here's my next pick. This is the pick where if you listen to me all off season, I was on the bandwagon of Mark Andrews. I wanted him so bad. I thought that he was going to be a positional advantage. So I reached for Mark Andrews here and it was a mistake. Should have taken a guy like Mike Evans, a guy like Adam Thielen, a guy like Chris Carson, um, A.J. Brown, so many guys left here, Calvin Ridley, so many guys left that I could have taken, but I take Mark Andrews here. I think that the big thing I'm looking at, and, and there's a we're going to have an episode. Andrews. I loved Andrews, and I didn't think I was going to get him on the turn on the, on the return because, remember, I would be picking 
fourth to last in the next round. So there would be how many people in between? Michael, can you scroll up? Michael is sharing the draft screen, sharing a screen so I could see this, and he's the worst. Um, a lot of picks in between. Yeah, uh, I mean, eight I, plus eight is 16. 16. So I didn't wow, think, look who learned math. <laughs> Quick math. Quick math. So I didn't think I was going to get there, but mistake. Obviously, I could have gone better. I think the mistake that I want to I learn from and the mistake that I hope you guys learn from is tight ends. Don't do it. It's never going to be the year of tight ends. Again, you're going to look at the tight end landscape next year and be like, oh, there's a lot of guys who could do it. No, they're not going to do it. They're not. And although Mark Andrews was a good tight end to have, not in the third round. Do not ended take his tight end. Ended as tight end four. Unless their name is Kelsey or Kittle, do not take them in Even the first three rounds. Uh, yeah, okay, Waller too. So he ended up behind Kelsey, Kittle, and, Kittle and Waller. Mark Andrews, final final tally. Yeah. Not too bad, but a bad yeah. spot there. All right. After that, when Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, great value there. Lamar Jackson, Chris Carson, another great value. Le'Veon Bell, ugh. Amari I Cooper. Like Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, and Allen Robinson. So pretty much standard picks there that, that ended up working out pretty well. DJ Moore looked like a bust early on, but got his footing as the year went on. I think in the third round was something that is definitely um, you look back on that with regret, but you know, that's where DJ Moore was going. If you wanted DJ Moore, you had to get him there. All right, let's start the fourth round. AJ Brown starts the fourth round. Calvin Ridley goes well, second. That's my guys, Tim, for crying out loud. Oh shit. Those are your guys. My bad. Right. <laughs> All right. So Michael yeah. picked, ended up picking Allen Robinson and AJ Brown. Two very good picks. What went through your mind in those? Yeah, this, this turn is probably my favorite. Um, section of the draft for me. What what I find funny is I've started many drafts in our time going no RB until the fifth or sixth round. If I did that this time around, I could have had Adams, Kelsey, A. Rob, and A.J. Brown, which would just be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. But anyways, this was yeah. This is like uh, Michael, I'm very one happy. of my. I'm very happy you didn't yeah, do that. I'm sure you are. <laughs> one of my favorite two picks here. Um, I liked A. Rob a lot this year. He was pretty up and down, of course, because of the quarterback play. But 100 receptions, 1,250 yards, six touchdowns, nothing you could complain about. And then A.J. Brown, who apparently has uh, played with, like, two broken knees and only 14 games, 70 receptions, 1,075 yards, 11 touchdowns. We were higher on consensus on A.J. Brown um, compared to the industry because of true throw values and true target values, of course. So check out. Patreon.com, uh, no, excuse me, uh, BrotoFantasy.com. Patreon if you want to support us. BrotoFantasy.com if you want to check out True Values. Um, it quantifies the worth of a target. And we liked A.J. Brown a lot because we knew he didn't need a million targets um, to be very valuable. He still got 106 targets in 14 games. So he was averaging uh, nearly eight uh, targets a game, which is pretty solid. Um, but it's not the 150 that Allen Robinson uh, received, for example. But he was very, very productive because of how efficient Ryan Tannehill is and how much of a beast he is. Um, so those those two picks were probably my favorite of the draft with A-Rob and Brown because I wouldn't change them either. They're both very, very solid wide receivers. And if A.J. Brown didn't get hurt and miss two games or if he didn't get hurt and play through surgeries on both knees for crying out loud that he just finished, add two more games to, these, um, to his averages and he's going to end with 12 or 13 touchdowns and over 1,300 yards. So 
excuse me, over 1,200 yards. So it's a very bright future for A.J. Brown. Yeah, for sure. Did you see that uh, A.J. Brown video where he was high as fuck after surgery talking shit? Yeah, hilarious. That dude was high as fuck. But do you know what else? Do you know what really stands out? That he was high as fuck, but he wasn't that stupid. Um, because uh, <laughs> if he was, that, that that basically means that he knows how to handle himself high. Just putting that out there. All right. Um, A.J. Brown. Oh, AJ, oh, so, Michael, you got Allen Robinson and A.J. Brown. Are you mad that you missed out on Calvin Ridley? He went one pick after you. Um, Calvin Ridley, I also had in the a similar bucket. I wasn't interested in the running backs here. Um, just to give you an, what we're talking about, Leonard Fournette, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon. Oh, the only guy, oh. yeah, the only guy I was considering besides Brown, A. Rob, and Ridley. Um, I knew Ridley had a ton of opportunity, but I, I was a little scared of Julio Jones there. How much he'd be able to have like a huge blow up. Um, obviously he did. And that was with Julio Jones missing a ton of games. I actually spoke with Jason after the draft. Jonathan Taylor was the only guy I was considering besides those guys that I just mentioned. And obviously we all know what happened with Jonathan Taylor. He had a very slow start to the season and then absolutely exploded in the second half. I would have, if I could trade Jonathan Taylor here for one of them, I do it for a Rob. Um, but again, in hindsight, Otherwise, I think that A-Rob and A.J. Brown picks are fine. I'm not too pissed about missing on Ridley. Uh, he did have better seasons than both of them, but what are you going to do? And I'm just I'm glad I did miss out on all those running backs. And and then Juju, honestly, this whole the first eight picks of this round are rough because after A.J. Brown was Ridley oh, and Ridley. Fournette, David Johnson, yuck, yuck. Melgo, yuck. Juju, yuck. Jonathan Taylor ended up working out. And then Zach Ertz. Like, I didn't fall for the tight end trap either and take Zach Ertz there because that he ended up being one of the worst picks of the year as well. One of the one of the guys you could probably put in the category of biggest bus. I think that we missed out on that one with the biggest bus. Yeah. So I came back here and I picked Robert Woods as my first um All right. I was also you guys, again, listeners who know know uh I'm like Robert Woods' number one fan. I've huge fan of his for a couple of years now and basically get him all the time. I was also considering him here at the turn, but I wanted the higher upside in A. Robin Brown. I was extremely, extremely happy that I got Robert Woods here. Uh, unfortunately, Robert Woods did not pan out the way that I thought he was going to, not because he didn't get the amount of targets that I thought he was going to get, but it's because the offense became such a run-heavy offense, and that defense became so um, upgraded. I think because the defense was upgraded so much with Jalen Ramsey, uh, I think that what you saw was a change in offensive philosophy to make the defense the most important part of the team. And in order to have the defense be the the most important part of the team, you got to run the clock out, you got to run the ball. So um, Robert Woods here did not live up to my wide receiver one dreams, but he was a solid wide receiver too. Um, ended up with just under a, a thousand yards and six touchdowns, which is everything that you could ask from a wide receiver too. So, uh, Robert Woods here. I think if I could do it again, Keenan Allen goes next. I think I'd rather have Keenan Allen over him. I think yeah. I'd obviously rather take, um, rather take, uh, DK Metcalf over him who, uh, ends up going later. I could have had DK Metcalf again and I passed up, up on him again. Um, 
So let's continue going. Keenan Allen goes next, followed by Todd Gurley and Tyler Lockett. Let's start the fifth round. In the beginning of the fifth round, Raheem Mostert, who we thought was going to be one of the best picks. At least I thought. In the beginning of the fifth round, Raheem Mostert, you're like, hell fucking yeah. Um, you no, know, it's funny because there's always guys that you like and then you never end up with any shares. Um, that was me and Raheem Mostert. We did like him at his ADP. Loved him. Um, based on what he's done in the past. I ended up rostering him on zero teams. That's just how drafts fell but i did think this was a good pick here to start the fifth round if you went zero running back early raheem Mostert was a great pick in the fifth round i don't even care how it ended up i th- I still think he was great because he played great and if you handcuffed him with jeff wilson you basically had a rb1 all year so i mean i think raheem Mostert, when he played proved that he could be a top flight fantasy option it's just health um next went dj chark Ended up being a big bust. T.Y. Hilton, another big bust. And then came my decision again. I had just gotten a wide receiver. My two running back slots were filled. My tight end spot was filled. So I had to go wide receiver again. Um, This is here. This is one here that I would have smashed you over the head, Tim. And you'll know why in a second. I liked uh, my choices here were between Terry McLaurin and Cortland Sutton. And I picked Terry McLaurin. Um I, yeah, I, I don't regret the pick. The only thing I regret is DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf ended up being solid. Uh, he, he fell off at the end, but he was very good. So I think that, I mean, I don't, I don't regret the pick of, of Terry McLaurin. He had a very good year. Yeah, yeah, but I would have I would have taken Metcalf. I mean, I was very high on Metcalf this uh, season, and I shouted from the rooftops drafting Lockett over him was a ridiculous thing that was happening, and it ended up being ridiculous. Um, I do. I mean, yeah, Terry McLaurin had a solid year, but he wasn't DK Metcalf. I mean, DK Metcalf was a monster for the majority of the season. But, but me and Jason told you after the draft that we didn't really like the McLaurin pick much. I mean, it was just or I don't know if Jason did. I know I did because I just wasn't super hyped up about him in the Washington offense. And he had some ups and some downs as well. 87 but, receptions for a 1118 yards and four touchdowns the four touchdowns you'd obviously like to see come up but i mean he had his bust games because he did play with you know for a time with alex smith who doesn't go deep and he played for a time with dwayne haskins who only threw to him (laughs) um so like you know the quarterback play was iffy for him but um i mean i'd 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 do it again outside of metcalf i think that metcalf is the only one that would make me do it again um, so next went DK Metcalf, followed by Cooper Cup, David Montgomery, Cortland Sutton, uh, Jarvis Landry, Devin Singletary, uh, Cam Akers went with the 11th pick in the fifth round, and Kareem Hunt, uh, Michael, you start the fifth and the fifth round with Kareem Hunt. Uh, talk about your picks here. Yeah, um, I was considering Cam Akers here. I wanted another uh, running back. And Kareem Hunt is someone me and Tim were very high on. He was one of Tim's hat hangers, thought he had a ton of potential if Chubb went down and even without Chubb. Hunt ended up being a very usable asset all year long. Um, unfortunately, when Chubb did go down, Hunt wasn't that high-end RB1 we expected him to be. But he was still decent. He was He's someone you put in your lineup every week. He's not going to win you your week, but he'll at least give you decent numbers. Uh, he did have two big boom weeks. But I'm not super upset about that pick. Devontae Parker, I'm a little upset about. Uh, I shouldn't have taken Devontae Parker here. 
especially with the two next wide receivers who went off the board. Like I knew I was never a big fan of Devontae Parker at all, even going into the season, all the previous seasons, I've never really rostered him. And then he had the breakout and with him and Fitz, I thought he'd have a, another nice season. He dealt with injuries Tua took over Tua sucks, you know, all that good stuff. But man, Tim, the next three <sighs> receivers that were taken were a fire. Yeah. Look, Brandon cooks, all right. I mean, I mean listen, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. A, so Dak Prescott was the next pick, and then a ring of three wide receivers who went yeah. really well. Stefan Diggs goes, and then Brandon Cooks goes, and then Will Fuller goes. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Cooks ended with 1,150 yards. It's a little surprising to me. And six touchdowns. So he had a very nice year. Brandon Cooks was someone we were super high on um, based off of ADP prior to the season. He was one of the guys where we were like, look, true throw values say he's a top 25 receiver. His ADP is super late. Get him if you can. That was an absolute home run. Um, same goes for the guy. Um, if he didn't get suspended, Will Fuller, man. What a season from Will Fuller. Um, nearly 900 yards and eight touchdowns in 11 games. Obviously, the injury is rough, but he ended up being a great pick here. Another guy, me and Jason, um, said we use a tactic when drafting. If we're going to take this guy as wide receiver 35, Will he ever be ranked outside the top 30 as long as he's healthy? No. Will Fuller will never be ranked outside the top 30 if he's healthy. So why is he being drafted at wide receiver 35? The injury was baked into the cost. He actually stayed healthy, but then got suspended, unfortunately. But obviously, the big miss, Mr. Breakout. Someone, uh, probably my biggest miss of the season, True Values did not like this. But True Values is uh, was basing it off of Josh Allen's 20. 19 play of course Josh Allen took a huge step up Stefan Diggs became the absolute alpha in that offense and had an absolutely monstrous season and ended up with 1,535 yards and eight touchdowns led the league in reception yards absolute monster ended up being one of the best value picks in the draft probably so I certainly would have taken him over Parker but I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I was Really considering it, Diggs was one of my fades um, going into the season, and that was probably my biggest miss. I felt okay about Stefan Diggs. I think if I had a chance at Stefan Diggs in the sixth round, I I would have maybe considered him, but I wasn't high on Stefan Diggs either. I think it, I think it's what you said, right? Stefan Diggs with Josh Allen of last year does not sound like someone you want because Stefan Diggs has a history of being inconsistent, um, and so does Josh Allen. But... Now that we know that Josh Allen took this giant leap forward, all of a sudden, that in hindsight, Stefan Diggs jumps up. Where do you think Stefan Diggs goes next year, Mike? Probably early second uh, round. Uh, maybe even the first. He got into the first in the uh, in the best ball, uh, first best ball draft that was drafted on the FFPC. They already have drafts going if you're interested in <laughs> drafting this early maniacs best ball style. <laughs> he went in the first round, and... How could you not like you can't bash that at all? Like what's going to change in that offense? that says Stefan Diggs can't have a similar year. Like, um, are you going to predict another 1500 yard season with eight touchdowns? I mean, that's hard to match, but eight touchdowns could possibly increase as well. If Josh Allen uh, stops using his legs as much in the red zone, he's certainly going to be targeted over and over and over still. So I don't see why he's not a, a top five shoe in wide receiver next season. And for sure. I mean, that's a, it's going to be an exciting tandem for years, Allen and Diggs. For sure. Um, 
So following this is a straight yeah. of, uh, three, probably the worst. Well, two of the worst picks I've ever seen. Michael Gallup <laughs> goes 6.6 and Jordan Howard goes 6.7. We yelled at the guy who picked Jordan Howard at 6.7. Um, yeah, we cracked up. We, He's another one. He's another one who uh, is not the best in the world in our league. Him and uh, him and the number one overall pick guy are probably the two worst in don't, the league. But you see, you say that. But he's made the championship in our league before. I mean, he's made the playoffs in our league before, plenty of times. And he wins in his other leagues all the time. That's because he's not yeah. playing against us. He's not playing against us. In our league, he tends to suck it up. Like, um, it's, it's no, uh, what are you going to do? It just, he tends to suck it up in our league. Eighth overall it. goes Russell Wilson. So I have a decision to make here with the. That ended up being a great pick. Well, eh. Until about week 10. I mean, that, that pick kind of talks about this guy's team um he had russell wilson he was dominant until week 10 um yeah. this next pick ended up being phenomenal for me so the way i'm looking at it right now i have alan kamara and josh Jacobs for running back i have robert woods and terry mclaurin at wide receiver and i have mark andrews at tight end so my team is shaping up the way that i imagined it um i did about a hundred mock drafts and each in each mock drafts this is the best way that my team um came out so I had a decision to make here. Am I going to solidify because we play three wide receivers? Am I going to solidify the third wide receiver or am I going to solidify um, or am I going to solidify the the uh, last flex position? I really was looking at Deontay Johnson here. I think that Deontay Johnson was someone that I thought could fill up that role that uh, Antonio Brown left behind. Deontay Johnson ended up being a very up and down player this year. I think that going into next year, he'll still be undervalued and I'll still want him. Um, but I ended up going Kyler Murray here and that was probably one of the best values that I made. Round six, one of the things, uh, a little preview, we're going to talk about, one of our episodes is going to be things we learned from fantasy this year. And one yeah, thing that... It's going to be a good one. I'm excited for it. Yeah. One thing I learned is I am totally willing to take a mid-round quarterback now. I am absolutely willing, like, before I was nowhere near, I'm like, I could take a quarterback in the last rounds, so I could be fine. If you look at the mid-round quarterbacks that were taken, uh, let's let's count them up. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Michael, scroll down. Oh, sorry, I keep forgetting that I, I'm sharing I keep going to, I keep going to scroll, too. Um... Where who else? I think where, where Carson Wentz in round eight. That's well, a bad pick. Carson Wentz in round eight is a bad Breeze pick. Round eight. All right, fine. Well, the sixth round and the seventh round quarterbacks were fire. So I am completely okay with taking a, a quarterback there, especially if you've shored up both of your running backs. So I took Kyler Murray here and ended up being a pick that I really loved, especially because the pick that I was considering that wasn't Kyler Murray ended up falling to me anyway. Rob Gronkowski went next, followed by DeAndre Swift, Ronald Jones. Deshaun Watson, A.J. Green, Marquise Brown, and, of course, Deontay Johnson. Um, Deontay Johnson. Michael, what do you think about my Deontay Johnson pick here? Because I'd say it was a W with the 704. Um, how do you feel about the Deontay Johnson pick here? I would certainly give this a W for the seventh round. I mean, obviously, there are some up and downs with Deontay Johnson, but, I mean, 900 yards and seven touchdowns on the season. It was a It was an odd season for that offense i mean one of the reasons why i'm not super high on deontay johnson it seems like if you go on twitter it seems like deontay johnson is the next 
big thing. Everyone is it? loves him. Like, oh, Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Huh. Everyone loves Deontay Johnson. I mean, sorry that I'm not super excited about 923 yards on 144 targets. I mean, I know the offense became like a quick four-yard passing depth offense, but it's like, no, sorry, that really doesn't excite me much. And he dealt with a bunch of drops. So I'm I'm assuming his ADP is going to be decently higher going into next season, and I'm not going to be very interested in him. Huh. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting to think about. Very, very interesting. I think it's a win here. Um, next up, Tyler Boyd, followed by Jared Cook. So Jared Cook was definitely someone who uh, got tri- that's, in that tight end. That's track. a bad pick. Jeez Louise. How do you take Jared Cook in the middle of the seventh round? Here comes a run of awful picks. You ready for this? Oh, man. Oh, awful. yes. This one, this one was Johnny, our brother. I shit on him all day for it because he, this was my... The player I shit on the most. Um, Go ahead, Michael. I wrote, talk about him. I wrote up about how bad of a pick Julian Edelman was going to be this season. That's who Johnny took. And the seven oh eight. John uh, Julian Edelman. He had with three hundred fifteen oh. yards and zero touchdowns. Boy. Um. Well, clearly he dealt with injuries. He only played in six games. He had that huge Seahawks game. But guess what? Julian Edelman was a bust and a half. And I said it didn't end up being published. Um. But I posted on Twitter. I said Julian Edelman is going to be the guy next season, where he's going to be in like free agency, and you're going to look and be like, he had a wider, he had around six ADP last season. What? And that's exactly what's going to happen. There is zero reason why you should dra- draft a 34 year old wide receiver with an awful quarterback in the top 10, even 15, even 20 rounds. That was never even coming close to touching Edelman, and that ended up being correct. Um, following Edelman was Philip Lindsay, ugh, Tyler Higby, ugh, Hunter Henry, eh, and Michael. Here's where Hunter you, Henry, yeah. here's See, this, this is the this was your probably worst turn. Yeah, Higby, I was upset about because I was not a Higby Higby fan. This was just super rough for me because I liked Evan Ingram a lot this year. I expected Daniel Jones to at least take a semi step up, and Ingram has always been an effective receiver and. I was like, as long as he stays healthy, guess what? He stayed healthy, and he was still trash. He probably had his worst season to date, and somehow he made the Pro Bowl. Absolutely hilarious. What stings the most is that 8.3 went Darren Waller. Like, wow, what a miss. Jeez, Louise. Darren Waller had nearly 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns, and I had Ingram, and I think I had them back-to-back in my rankings. I just wish someone took Evan Ingram beforehand, so I would have taken Darren Waller. If I'm not mistaken, you actually had Darren Waller ranked higher, and you said that. You're like, I have Waller ranked higher, but I just feel like Ingram's going to have a good year. So you went against your own rankings. Yeah, it was one of those uh, snap draft decisions that usually don't ever work out where you go against everything you've uh, prepared the entire season, where, yeah, I had Darren Waller ranked higher, and I... Preferred Darren Waller. I drafted Darren Waller over Evan Ingram in other drafts. And then this draft, that was another reason why I was like, I have more exposure to Waller. I'll, I'll get Ingram here. I do think he has a chance to break out. Clearly a terrible pick. And then Marvin Jones on the turn. I mean, the guy ended with 978 yards and nine touchdowns. Ended up having a very, very nice second half. In the first half, it seemed like he was going to be a big-time bust. And then Kenny Galladay never returned. And Marvin Jones actually started to the ball out but at that point he was off my team um i traded him 
So, but I mean, 980 yards and nine touchdowns from your round eight pick is not something you're going to be too upset about. The real upsetting thing was one Darren Waller, of course, who I took Everett Ingram over Antonio Gibson. I was considering here. Antonio Gibson would have been a nice pick. Gibson was someone I was all over Um, earlier in the season. I was like, if you're drafting early when Gibson had like around 15 ADP, I was like, draft Gibson in every single draft. There's literally no reason not to. The There's huge upside. I took him uh, in the 15th round in like multiple best ball drafts. And then it, the hype got crazy and he ended up going in like 6th, 7th, 8th round. And here he went middle 8th. And I didn't take Gibson because I already had Kenyon Drake, Austin Eckler, and Kareem Hunt. So I was like, I need a wide receiver. And I took Marvin Jones. That one hurts, yeah. But Ingram and Jones ended up not being the the best turn of events here for me. Turn of events. <laughs> um, after Marvin Jones went Jameson Crowder. Michael said his uh, dis- very, very disappointing Darren Waller pick. As you go d- down this list, you see that there are some pretty good... Um, the guy who won the championship drafted pretty well. And he, he backed up his Tyler Higby at tight end in round seven with another tight end in Darren Waller, round eight. So, I mean, yeah. how did we not... I mean, I ranked Waller fourth overall on tight ends. I don't know how everyone missed it here. Like, obviously, he was the only weapon over there. Like, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, Car- it, was, it was bad. Carson Wentz <laughs> goes after Waller, followed by Sterling Shepard and Antonio Gibson. Drew Brees goes with the 807. Matt Breida goes with the 808. And here I am. Now I'm gonna tell you guys. I'm gonna tell you guys my philosophy, right? In a perfect draft world, and it doesn't always work out this way, but in a perfect draft world, we have. I would love to fill out all of my starting positions, and that's what I did in this one. Um, QB, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. So just to go over, right? My team like right now looks like Kyler Murray, Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara, Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin. Deontay Johnson, Mark Andrews. So I'm very comfortable with that. And it time proved me to be pretty comfortable with that starting lineup. Uh, I did not trade any of those players. I did not release any of those players. And they helped me get the most points in the league. So I was very happy with my draft so far here. This, I would say, is my first bad pick. Um, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is a guy who I thought... Now, I looked at Cam Newton and I said, Cam Newton... 25% of his passes have been to the running back throughout his career. So I said, hey, James White is going to be sweet foot James White again. Um, I was sorely mistaken. I picked James White with the 809 here. Um, if I could do it over again, there's obviously a plethora of people that I would rather have over him. Um, but that did give me the flexibility because I like leaving my flex not defined as much at the end of drafts because, I mean, I have confidence in myself. Every year I pick up someone from the free agent pool that ends up being amazing. And my my motto every year is no matter how much you prepare for, after week one, there's going to be some guy that you never fucking heard of that ends up being the hottest pick. A couple, few years ago, it was Tariq Cohen. Last year, it was, uh what's his name? Um, James Robinson. It was just someone you've never fucking heard of ever in your life is going to end up being... Two years ago, it was Philip Lindsay, I think you're talking two about. Two years ago, Philip Lindsay. Uh, so someone who you never heard of is going to get 
is going to be great. And next year, too, someone you have never heard of, unless you're a fucking draft analyst. Well, never heard of is a little bit of a stretch. I mean, everyone knew James Robinson by the time the draft came, really. Nah. I mean, people knew that he was going to be I mean, a starting maybe, running back for Jacksonville. Like, uh, yeah, not the the common the common drafter folk. Right, and you didn't know Philip. Lin- we literally didn't know Philip Lindsay Lindsay was until he took the field in Week One that year. So like, this happens every single year. This happens. Tariq Cohen, we didn't know Tariq Cohen was until he took the field. So oh, I don't know why you keep saying Tariq Cohen. He was like a third round draft pick. We knew who he was. No, nah, bro. I said maybe, the, his, maybe you mean Philip Lindsay? No, his rookie season. Do you, yes, his rookie. So his rookie. Do you know I why I remember him. this? I'm gonna tell you had him. Do you know why? Do you remember why you had him? You fucker. Because I picked him up. No, because you traded with me. We traded draft positions. I was you. I wanted the 12th overall pick, and you traded with me. I was like the the seventh overall pick, and you ended up moving up to draft Julio Jones. And because we traded draft picks, but we didn't. We did it like we didn't do it like the, with the computer. Like the correct way, you ended up having a higher, um, what do you call waiver priority than me before we played with Fab, and you ended up getting Tariq Cohen that year in the first in the first week instead of me, and I was fucking True. pissed off about it. True, but you didn't give him up, you son of a bitch. I ended up yeah, getting I Chris. Not. I ended up getting Chris Thompson instead, who ended up being a better pick overall. So suck on my balls. Anyways, back to this year, Tim. <laughs> you see, this is t- we love fantasy so much. We remember little <laughs> details like that. Um, but, I told you a million times, yeah, James, James White, White was a terrible pick. Was my first bad I pick. I shouted from the rooftop over and over, do not draft a New England Patriot. And try to tell me one New England Patriot that even came close to panning out this year. Nah. You literally cannot. I cannot. So, um, we're going to run. Carlos Hyde, the next pick, is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. So well, that, that was, that. It, it's, a, it's a handcuff. It was too early for the handcuff, but it's a handcuff. We are going to, um, we're going to run through these picks now because after round eight, it's just kind of like a crapshoot. You're guessing on who could be good. Um, Carlos Hyde, Tevin Coleman, Mike Gesicki go next. The next round, round nine, starts with Darius Slayton, Debo Samuel, Sony Michelle. And then I took on Johnson here. This was before the Lions had AP. And this is uh, DeAndre Swift was still a rookie. I intended for on Johnson to be my starter, and I assumed he would lose his starting job around week four to um, DeAndre Swift, which would have been the case had AP not gotten traded there after my our draft. So this was, this draft, yeah, by the way, happened week three of the preseason, where week three of the preseason would have been. So you're going to notice a guy like James Robinson doesn't get picked because we did not know who he was. No one knew who he was. So um, yeah, so anyway. Um, carry on Johnson was my pick again, there again, Tim. We knew who James Robinson was. I don't know why you keep saying. Things no, like no. At this point in the off season, it yes, was, I knew who he was. Well, all right. When I say d- knew who he was, I mean, like we didn't think he was fantasy relevant. You knew his name. You knew he was on a roster, but everyone was arguing here. Is it going to be Chris Thompson or is it going to be divine Azigbo? or is it going to be Ryquel Armstead? Like that was the argument. No one even considered James Robinson in the argument and who could blame him? He was an undrafted rookie. No one knows him. Um, like knows knows him. All right. So after carry on Johnson goes John Brown, which is a good pick. Pittsburgh's defense went number six overall. Uh, always weird to pick a defense that early, but Pittsburgh ended up working out. Hayden Hurst, Marlon Mack, Zach Moss go with the next three picks. Alexander Madison, um, another handcuff. Tariq Cohen, and this is where Michael comes in. Michael, talk to us. 
Yeah, here I went Jalen Rager. Um, upsetting. I don't know why. Again, where did uh, where, I'm, I can't find him. Where did Justin Jefferson go in this he didn't, draft? He hasn't gone. He hasn't gone yet. Exactly. He went eleven ten. Went eleven ten. Yeah. Justin Jefferson was my guy. Someone I was trying to draft in every single league. I don't know why I decided to go Rager here. I think there's another Evan Ingram, Darren Waller issue. Um, very upsetting that I took Rager over Jefferson. I was clearly going upside wide receiver here. I roster Jefferson in a ton of other leagues, so I reap the benefits in others. But yeah, unfortunately, I took Rager here, which clearly did not work out. I'm gonna have to thank then, you for that. I'm gonna have to thank you for that, Michael. And yeah. we'll talk about that in the future. Also, C.D. Lamb went two picks after, so another unfortunate. I just. I don't know why I took Rager here over those guys, but TJ Hawkinson, round 10, pick one. Um, I ended up liking this pick. Obviously, he ended up being my starter. I ended up starting Ingram and Hawk in my flex and tight end, and then I started Hawkinson in my tight end position the rest of the year. Um, He ended up not even having that huge breakout season that you wanted, but he was consistently a top 10 tight end. Um. So I'm not complaining about that with my round 10 pick. It's better than uh, the rest of the tight ends that went after him. And he ended up being a weekly starter option. TJ Hawkinson is someone next year that, depending on the quarterback situation, it's going to be very interesting. I think, Michael, you got to remember Jalen Rager. Um, he was going to be that field stretcher for Carson Wentz, right? Carson Wentz coming off a season where... Yeah, we had- also didn't think that... That was going to be the worst offense of all time. Right. Louise. Right. Carson Wentz, remember, coming off a season last year where he was considered for MVP despite the fact that he lost literally all of his weapons. He was throwing to two tight ends the whole time. So we thought Carson Wentz was going to have a good season. Um, I don't think we predicted a great season, but a good season at least. Um, CeeDee Lamb went next, followed by Tom Brady. Get get ready for this one. Ready? At the 10-04. Chris Herndon. Remember when Chris, Chris Herndon, Herndon was a thing? Um, yeah, unfortunate. I uh, like Herndon too. If the Jets go and get themselves some Deshaun Watson, oh boy, oh yeah. oh boy, um, keep dreaming. Chase Edmonds goes next, followed by Latavius Murray, Anthony Miller, Christian Kirk. Then my pick comes here again. We're just filling out benches here. I picked Daryl Henderson. Cam Akers was already uh, drafted. This is in the vein of. Daryl, I wanted to fill out with running backs that I knew were going to have a position for a little while. If I had to get rid of them eventually, I'd just get rid of them. They were on my bench. doesn't matter. Um, so Daryl Henderson was the pick there, uh, followed by Josh Allen, Duke Johnson, and Damian Harris uh, starting the 11th round. Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen was a fantastic pick in round 10. Starting in the 11th round, Curtis Samuel, Brashad Perriman went with the second pick, Adrian Peterson with the third pick. Um, and then here I made my mistake. I was looking at two rookies, Jerry Judy and Justin Jefferson. I figured Jerry Judy would be in an offense where he can get more work. I was wrong. I picked Jerry Judy. Luckily for me, the guy who picked Justin Jefferson, uh, ended up releasing him after week one. And then he stayed on the waiver wire for another week. And then uh, I think in week three, he broke out. That's when I spent my fab on him. And he was phenomenal for me. Thank you very much. Um, Jamal Williams went next, followed by McCole Hardman, Preston Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. What a great pick, Aaron Rodgers in the 11th round. Golden. Damn, the guy who, the guy who drafted Justin Jefferson won our league. Imagine he had Justin Jefferson, too. Jeez Louise. Yeah, he's a Vikings fan. 
Um, Aaron Rodgers, Golden Tate, Justin Jefferson went with the 10th pick of the 11th round. And then Emmanuel Sanders went with the 11th pick in the second round. Michael, you finally filled out your quarterback position here. Yeah, again, looking back, I wish I took Josh Allen in around 9 or 10. Um, but I took Matt Stafford here. As you guys know, I'm not a huge draft quarterback early guy. That might change a little bit That's going into next season. With the, uh, it's, it's a different landscape now. And we always say you have to adjust. You can't just stay... Um, you can't just have one mindset when it comes to fantasy football. You always have to be willing to learn and be willing to adjust your style. And the quarterback position is a brand new position these days. Um, these hybrid quarterbacks have absolutely taken over Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers is really the only one up to their level this year. And he had a absolutely ridiculous season. It's almost, it's, it's, you can't stream at this point and have that type of production. Um, so it does put you at a little bit of a disadvantage. So next year I might end up leaning towards maybe drafting quarterback in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, depending on where they're going. But Stafford here was my guy that to just start the season and then stream quarterbacks from there. Um, I ended up with Ryan Tannehill later in the year and he ended up being my guy. Boston Scott to start round 12. This was when Miles Sanders wasn't practicing, but they said all was well. I usually don't do handcuffs, but I was like, look, he's not practicing. Let me get Boston Scott just in case. Ended up working out because Sanders did miss week one and ended up not working out because Scott sucked week one and ended up being useless. <laughs> so I just found it hilarious. There were people on Twitter saying Boston Scott was the new Darren Sproles and he would be startable even with Miles Sanders active and Man. I was like, yo, you guys suck at fantasy football. We spent a lot of time making fun of those people in the offseason. He ended with less than 400 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. It's just absolutely hilarious. We spent too much time. We spent – who do we make fun of more? People who wanted to draft Boston Scott really bad or people who wanted to draft Hayden Hurst really bad? Or Joe Mixon? <sighs> like, those are those are like our, our – like, Well, Mixon's we were, always number one. If we were middle school bullies, those are the people we would put in the, in the yeah, toilet yeah, to get Boston the swirly. Yeah, Boston Scott. It was just, just this stupid-ass idea that he was going to be a useful asset every week as like a Darren Sproles because he had a couple – good games filling in at the end of 2019. Like I don't, I don't understand how people get shit like that in their head. <laughs> let's, uh, let's keep going. Austin Hooper goes next in round 12, uh, with the 1202 followed by San Fran defense Deshaun Jackson, Justin Jackson, Baltimore, Henry Ruggs, Robbie Anderson. Good pick and great pick. 12. That was our, our cousin Yanni, AKA fun guy that we've shouted out a ton on this, uh, podcast. He, we didn't really like Robbie Anderson. He was all aboard the Robbie Anderson train and he ended up being a uh, pretty spot on about that. Cause Robbie, look around Robbie Anderson wasn't like a, wasn't elite, but nearly 1100 yards, three touchdowns. Um, how many 95 receptions on the season? I did not look enough into Matt rule going out and getting Robbie Anderson enough as they, he was his coach at temple. If you didn't know. Um, and he like handpicked Robbie Anderson out of free agency Clearly should have put more more weight into that. I think everyone should have put more weight into it. I think that's that's something that the fantasy community missed. I ended up drafting him super late in the in the Scott Fish Bowl, and it ended up being really good for me. Um, after that, I picked Tony Pollard as a handcuff kind of guy. Uh, Justin Tucker went next, followed by Matt Ryan and Buffalo's defense. Michael, scroll down, you son of a bitch. You're good. You're good. Um, well, now round, we got like kickers and right in round 13, Ben Roethlisberger, Naheem Hines. Um, I went Noah Fant. 
That ended up, I mean, for round 13, I ended up that being very good. Michael, you went Brandon Ayuk in, in the 13th, in the 13th round. Great yes, pick I did. there. Great pick yep. there. Another guy that uh, I was targeting super late in drafts. He was in my My Guys article. Um, obviously had a tremendous rookie season. Only played 12 games. Ended with 748 receiving yards, five touchdowns, 77 rushing yards, two say, on the ground. Rushing touchdowns, um, too. Don't forget about those. Yeah, two rushing touchdowns on the ground. A guy I ended, ended up, up at, needing I ended up needing to cut him because uh it, we have short benches and injuries and things of that sort, unfortunately. But it ended up being a very nice pick here. And clearly I wouldn't change that with the last pick in the thirteenth round. He was a game changer when active. Hey, look, I I ended up picking him up, so thank you. Um Greg Zerloin went next. Uh, my next pick was Robbie Gold, who uh ended up having a disappointing season because that offense was so terrible. Um, Michael, your next pick. Well, my next pick. Please. Sorry, you're scrolling again. My last pick was uh, the Chargers defense, which I picked before. Uh, what's his name went down? Um, the safety, Bosa. Derwin James, and oh, Bosa. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I thought that was a great pick at the at the time, but it wasn't. Michael, you picked Philadelphia's defense and Joe Burrow to end the draft. One of your best picks, if only he would have stayed healthy yeah. to end it off. Yeah, Paris Campbell with the with the fourth to last pick i actually started him in game one in my flex and even though he was my last pick um so yeah, yeah i mean i'm like it very, says like a very good pick and young ho Koo with the last pick of the draft mr irrelevant ended up being the best kicker in the league um yeah. but yeah that was our draft what we did uh we told you what we liked we told you what we didn't like what we would do different Hopefully you learned from that and we can go forward into the next draft and not make those same mistakes. Remember, like a very genius man once said, that genius man, of course, being named Dennis Petropoulos, um, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Michael, those who do not follow you are doomed to re- not to repeat that. They're going to do it now. Uh, my, where can they follow you? At Brodo FF Mike, Tim. Thanks for that weird... <laughs> <laughs> At, at Brodo FF Jason, if you want to wish Jason a uh, speedy recovery from this um, sucky thing that we're all going through right now. Um, and, of course, Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. Follow everyone on on Twitter, at Brodo Fantasy. Please give us a follow on Twitter. That is where we do most of our communicating with the fans. Uh, but don't forget Instagram, at Brodo Fantasy on Instagram as well. BrotoFantasy.com. That is it. If you want an extra episode this week, we will be recording another episode of previewing the championship games and what to expect. We're also going to draft our teams um, for the for the weekend coming up. So that's it, Michael. No more ado. No more ado. Oh, the heat's coming up. You hear that? Yeah, right when you start kicking Ooh. the heat. <laughs> Let's get out of here before we uh, the heat burns me. Later. Later.